Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. Listen, I told you to do this last week and it was amazing because we added about a hundred and something people and literally had five or six hundred more that joined us uh, on live stream throughout the week because you shared. You can share this service on your Facebook page. If you would do that, I'm giving you permission to use your phone just for a moment and share this today and let's let the whole world know that God is good. I'm telling you, one of the things I'm most grateful for is the tangible touch of God over this church. How many of you are grateful for the touch of God in this house today? How many of you are grateful for the touch of God in your life today? Come on. I I, I don't want to preach, teach. I don't want to do anything outside of God's presence. If we don't have God's presence, then we need to shut the doors, lock it up, and turn out the lights. But when God's presence is in the room, anything can happen. So I'm going to tell you, I feel like preaching today. If you're hungry, somebody say, I'm ready. Luke 13, 10 through 13. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. And that's something. It didn't just say that she had a disease, like it often says. It says she had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over. One translation said she was doubled over and could in no way raise herself up. You ever been there? You ever been so bent in life you couldn't even raise yourself up? You didn't know what to do? But when Jesus saw her, when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. And she went to the school of healing. And she was prayed for for 40 days. No, when he laid his hands on her, Immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I wonder if the Lord has straightened anything out in your life. I, I, I said, I wonder if he straightened out anything in your life. Come on. I, I want to preach for just a few minutes along these lines when Jesus gets your story straight. I wonder if he's got anybody's story straight in this room. Okay, you're looking religious now. I said, did he straighten anything out for you? Come on. Slip up your hands. Father, thank you that we are here today. And Lord, you are in the room. (laughs) We thank you for your miracle power, your miracle provision, and your miracle healing. Thank you for people here and at New Smyrna Beach who are watching us live at our campus there and people around the world. We give you glory. Thank you for all you've straightened out in our life. Thank you for everybody in this room. You've gotten our story straight and you're still working on some of us and we give you praise. If Jesus ever straightened anything out for you, just open your mouth and give him a little praise and clap your hands. 
Come on in, SB. Give God a praise. You can be seated. Here's what I was wondering. I'm going to ask you again. I don't want to be redundant, but I want to ask you, has God straightened anything out in your life? Okay, I better ask you again. I'm sure that they're shouting in New Smyrna Beach. I said, has God straightened anybody's story out in this room? Has, uh, because to me, precious, your story is your life. And nobody knows your story better than you do. Nobody knows how unlikely it is that you would be here today after all that you've been through. But without a doubt, Jesus took your crooked, confused, jacked up, messed up life, and he straightened out your story. Who would admit today, Pastor or Apostle, he has, I'm getting used to it, y'all. Who would admit that he straightened out your story? If he straightened out your story, why don't you just give the Lord a mighty praise in here right now? Here in Luke uh, 13, we see a biographical story of a woman who is bent and struggling, and she desperately needs to be straightened out. She needs Jesus to straighten out her story, and for the next few minutes, I want to do what my college professor would call some exegetical preaching. Now, we're about to go deep. Who's ready to go deep with me? Uh, see, see, I don't want to just casually gloss over this text, but I want to interrogate this text. I want to get all in this thing and find out exactly what's going on. So we're going deep. If you're ready to go deep, one, two, three, give God a praise right now. I'm ready. Now, the Bible said this woman had a spirit of infirmity. Now, let me start off right here at the inception of this message by saying, whether you believe it or not, spiritual warfare is real. You can deny it, but it doesn't stop the fact that Ephesians 6.12 says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. We need to understand that spiritual warfare is real. And there's something different going on here in this text because when I read this text, the gospel tells us a number of times that Jesus healed people who had diseases. But here in this text, there is a woman who has specifically been bound with a spirit of infirmity. He didn't just say diseases like the Gospels have recorded time and again. It is here identified as a spirit of infirmity. And even physicians will tell us that one of the greatest producers of sickness is stress. When you are constantly under stress and pressure, sooner or later, if you don't deal with it, your physical body begins to break down. And I know that sometimes the devil will put us under so much stress, under so much pressure, that it becomes a spirit of infirmity. But I'm telling you that I came to blow the trumpet in Zion and tell you that we break the spirit of infirmity and worry and anxiety off of you in the mighty name of of Jesus there are spirits now I believe that if you don't hold them in check they will morph into spirits of infirmities you can be under such stress have you ever been under so much stress it made you physically ill wave at me if you've ever been there I've been there 
You can be under so much warfare in your mind that it makes you sick. And the Bible says that she was bent over, okay? One translation said she was doubled over for 18 years. Now, the, the text doesn't give any reflection on what happened to her. It doesn't say whether she was bent over from one blow that caused her to be bent like this where she was injured. It doesn't say whether or not it was a progressive thing. It just said that she was doubled over or bent over. It could have been something that manifested a little bit every day or it could have been one big blow. And sometimes, y'all, if you'll be honest, we can get hit in life with a blow that is so intense and so severe and comes out of nowhere that it emotionally and spiritually bends us over. That betrayal, that affair, that loss, that attack, that death, that financial spiral. Sometimes the enemy will hit us so hard. In one season, we're walking like this, boom. And in the next season, we don't even normally know what happened. It's like mm, we get hit with such a blow that it bends us over. And some of you in this last season, the enemy has hit you so hard that even though you're straight in the room, in your spirit, you are bent over because of who talked and who said and who, 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 who attacked and who came against you and the struggle that you've been in. But I'm telling you that if God can straighten out that woman, he can straighten out your life. Come on. Come on, New Smyrna. He can still do it. There are times when life, boom, it just happens. Who's ever had a blow like that? Yeah, I think we're getting real today. Let's don't be religious. But then there's that progressive thing that happens where the abusive words just keep on, where the fear just gets bigger. Come on, somebody. Where the anxiety becomes so intense, where the pressure and worry over your children, over your marriage, over your money gets so intense and you don't even know when it happened, but all of a sudden, you've been under so much pressure and the devil has kept adding weight upon weight upon weight upon weight upon weight upon weight upon weight until you find yourself in a situation and you don't even know when it happened, but you're walking and you're bent over. Maybe it wasn't something that hit you all at once. Maybe it was something that came progressively, but I've come to tell you, sometimes life hits hard. This is why it's so important to stay close to Jesus. Sometimes things happen you don't understand. Sometimes I feel like preaching. Sometimes people behave in a way you didn't think they should. Sometimes people you're closest to wound you. Sometimes your money gets funny. Sometimes you go through trouble. But in the end, even if life gets heavy, because sometimes life gets heavy, the answer is still Jesus Christ. Stay close to Jesus. Huh. Sometimes life is heavy. Mm -hmm. You're walking around and you're straight physically, but emotionally you're bent. Come on now. In inside you're bent because sometimes life gets intense. But what I love about this story yeah, is, yes, this woman was afflicted. Yes, 
she was bent over. Yes, she had trouble, but she's still in church. She got drama, but she's still in church. She got problems, but she's still in church. She's in a fight, but she's still in church. See, that kind of destroys the whole mindset and myth that everything has to be straight before you come to church. It kind of messes that whole mindset up that says people got to look like this and act like this and they got to worship like this and praise like this and they got to get it all together before they come into the house of the Lord. Let me tell you, the devil is a liar. God's presence is the perfect place to get your life straightened out. Here's my announcement. <laughs> Here's my pronouncement. Here's my announcement on behalf of the Calvary family. I don't care what you're dealing with, come to church. If, if you're struggling with homosexuality, come on to church. If you're addicted, come to church. If you're broken, come to church. If you're bound, come to church. If you're bent, come to church. Even if you got to leave a crack house to come into the, come to church. Come on to church. You're in the right place. Come on to church. Come on to church. I said, come on to church. Some of y'all watching on, TV, on, on, on your TV or some of y'all watching right now on live stream and you're just saying, I can't go to church. I'm going to just watch it at home. I got too much junk in my trunk. Come and bring your junk. Come on. Bring your junk and your trunk. Come on. See, you don't need to get things straightened out to come to church. Come as you are. I don't care. If you want one of those churches where nobody has struggles, then, then you're not going to like Calvary. Well, I want to go to a perfect church. Well, when you get there, they're not going to let you in. I love the fact in SB that she's there. Come on, Miss Myrna. She's struggling, but she's there. And here's the truth. She encountered all kinds of people when she came into the room. The Pharisees were there. The sinners were there. The religious folk was there. Just read the text, man. They come against her and attack her. The hypocrites are there. So you got Pharisees, sinners, religious folks, and hypocrites. They were all there. All of them. Somebody say all of them. But listen to this. They were all there, but don't miss this. So was Jesus. <laughs> Jesus showed up right in the midst of all that drama. He came right in the middle of messy church filled with messy people. I, lo I love that about my Savior. I love that he don't let jacked up, tore up, beat up, messed up people keep him from coming into the house. I love that about my Savior because problems don't drive him away, they draw him in. 
Uh, come on now, I've heard people say, I can't go to Calvary. I, I, just, I, I, I can't go to Calvary. It's too messy. I, done, I already looked at his Facebook page. I already looked at her social media. I can't go to Calvary. It's too messy. I saw who he voted for. I can't go to Calvary. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I saw how she acted. I can't go to Calvary. I, I saw what he said. I can't go to Calvary. Gee, it's just too messy. There's too much problems there. There's too many issues there. Uh, there's too many hypocrites in Calvary too many hypocrites in that church I can't go to Calvary what do you have to say about that apostle I say well come on one more won't hurt nothing come on we got come on in we take one more yeah 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 come on in one more won't hurt See, I want you to understand that nobody ever has been or nobody ever will be as pure and as righteous as Jesus was and is. But if Jesus came to church in the middle of all the drama, you need to stop making excuses. You need to stop saying, if you're watching my live stream, get over it and get in church. Come on. Because if Jesus can show up in messy church, so can you. Hallelujah. I dare somebody who's glad that Jesus shows up in messy church. Just give him a praise right now. Good. Uh, come on, I'm going to give you one more chance. If you're glad that Jesus shows up in messy church, come on and give him a praise right now. Tell everybody in your neighborhood he comes to messy church. So, so the Bible says that the woman, precious, had a spirit of infirmity. Now, the word infirmity there is a very amazing word in the Greek language of the New Testament. It's a layered word. And when we think of our English word infirmity, we only think in terms of a physical ailment, a sickness, a malady of the physical body. But the Greek word is athenia. And it actually means, in the initial sense, of course, a weakness and frailty and the failness of health. But a deeper look behind the scene at the word and its origin, infirmity also means an infirmity of the soul. It's an inner infirmity. It's an infirmity of the soul. It's a lack of strength to understand, to accomplish. It's a lack of strength to, to accomplish anything great, to restrain a corrupt desire or to bear trials or troubles. So here she is, and we're talking spiritual now. She has a spirit of infirmity. See, it's horrible to be so spiritually bent and infirmed that you don't have any strength, a lack of strength to understand. Have you ever had seasons in your life where things were going in such a direction that you did not even understand why it was going the way that it was going? Why are they acting like they're acting? Why am I battling what I'm battling? I don't understand where are the real people at. No, you've understood every day. You've understood every battle. You've understood every issue. No, let's get real in here. Have you ever went through a season and you said, I don't even understand? And if you're not careful, that will bend you over. It will bend you over and cause you to not be able to walk in the fullness that God has for you. But it also means the, the lack of strength to accomplish anything great. 
It's when we get under so much stress and so much pressure that it robs us of our destiny, that it robs us of our purpose, that it robs us of good thoughts, that it robs us of victorious living because we are so bent over. We feel like we can't make it and we can't survive and we'll never do anything great. And you feel stuck and you feel like I have no confidence. I feel like a big zero. I'll never be able to do anything. It's when you feel stuck and you feel under so much stress that you can't accomplish anything great. You don't look to the future with faith and delight, but you look to the future with fear and dread. And the devil tells you you'll never achieve anything. You feel like you live at the breaking point all the time. I don't know, not nobody wants to shout right now, but I'm just talking to real people. I'm trying to find somebody here today who's ever lived at the breaking point where you said, I can't handle not one more thing. I can't handle not one more issue. I can't handle not one more problem. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a season where it seemed like everything was trying to pile up on you but let's 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 not be religious this morning can we can we can we can we just get real it's a rough thing to have a bit soul this woman was probably right there body and soul at the breaking point she didn't know it precious but jesus was about to transform her breaking point to a breakthrough point uh, i don't know who i'm talking to today but somebody better hear me in your family, in your finances, in your health. The attack has been intense, but I came to let the enemy know we are not walking in fear. God's about to change my breaking point into my breakthrough point. I need somebody right now who believes that God is still able to change your breaking point into a breakthrough point. Give God a mighty praise. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah, Jesus. Hey. Somebody clap your hands across this room if you believe that God turns a breaking point into a breakthrough point. Mm. Jesus. Now, she needed Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but I, I need him. I said, I need him. <laughs> I said, I need him. Uh -huh. She's in this situation, y'all. She needed Jesus because verse 11 said, she could not lift herself up. Oh, you ever been there? No matter what you tried, you couldn't fix it. You couldn't shift it. You couldn't change it. You couldn't heal it, you couldn't open it, you couldn't start it, you couldn't stop it, you couldn't deal with it. You were at a point where you said, I'm in a dilemma and I don't even know what to do. You ever been so bent in your spirit and in your soul that no matter how hard you tried, you couldn't straighten yourself up, you couldn't lift yourself up, and you know when you're bent over like that, that woman was bent over. One translation said she was doubled over. And when you're bent like that in your soul, she's doubled over. She viewed life from that position. Her perspective was off. Have you ever been under so much pressure that it got your perspective off? She couldn't see her family the way she should have seen them. 
She couldn't even receive love from people who loved her because her perspective was off. The enemy will get you so bent and so broken and so messed up that your perspective will be so off that you can't even receive love from people who actually love you. Come on now. You'll think everybody hates me, nobody's my friend, and you'll look at things wrong when you got people all around you who love you and celebrate you and who are rooting for you. Her perspective was so off, she couldn't see things around her the way she needed to see them. But watch this, her perspective was so off that day that she didn't even see Jesus right. Jesus is in the room and she can't even really see him. All she can see is his feet. Oh, my, my, my. The enemy wants you to get so far bent and so far lost in your perspective that you don't see grace right, you don't see mercy right, you don't see healing right, you don't see joy right, you don't see peace right. The enemy wants you so transfixed that all you ever do is look down. And some of y'all have been in a season where you haven't even been seeing, give me another microphone, where you haven't even been, thank you. I'm trying to be nice about it. I love everybody. Come on, give, give this man a hand. He's great. This microphone, it makes me aggravated because it starts moving. But I'm, I'm not going to let a microphone mess me up this morning. Okay, is it going? Loose him and let him go free. Hallelujah. Some, some of us get so bent we don't even see Jesus right. We don't see grace right. We don't see mercy right. But I've come to tell you today that it's time to readjust your vision. Have you ever been there in your life where you didn't see the love and goodness of Jesus when your trouble was so present that it makes you feel like Jesus is absent? Have you had your trouble be so big that it made you feel like Jesus was small? And there's so much I love about this text because she's been over, she can't see her friends right, and she can't even see Jesus right. She's doubled over. She can't even, hardly, yeah, she's looking, and she can't even look anybody in the face, and she can't even hardly see. So here she is, probably invisible and almost sightless. She couldn't see Jesus, but here's what verse 12 says. Jesus saw her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you feel invisible to everybody else, Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you in your struggle. Jesus sees you in your problem. Jesus sees you in your issue. I'm so glad that Jesus looks right past our problems. He looks past our issues. He looks past what's bending us over because he's not afraid of it. And he sees right down into our bent soul. Has he ever looked at you when you were jacked up and messed up? Has he ever looked at you when your perspective was off? Many see you, but Jesus sees your soul. So number one, Jesus saw her. But number two, watch this. He called her. Hey, you. Hey, woman, come on. Come over here. Who are you talking to? Who, me? Have you ever had the Lord... Be so good to you that you're surprised. Have you ever had the Lord call you and you were just surprised? 
Oh, tell your neighbor, say, you don't even know. You, 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 don't, you don't even know that I wouldn't be here if he hadn't saw me and he called me. He called me when I was bent over. He called some of y'all when y'all were on drugs. He called some of y'all in rebellion. He called some of y'all on a belt. See, Jesus ain't like people. People are with you one minute and they're against you the next. They'll love you one day and won't text you back the next and unfollow you on Facebook. But Jesus ain't like folks. Jesus will talk to you when you're in a nightclub. Jesus will talk to you in a crack house. Jesus will talk to you when you lost your mind. Jesus will talk to you when you've been over. He saw her and he called her. The Bible said, I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. I dare somebody if he called you and he saw you come on in SB give him some praise in here hey. Lord have mercy I'm trying to teach this thing but I felt like preaching ever since I got up here I feel like somebody needs to know that the Lord sees you and he's about to call you by your name for you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and called you out of darkness. You'd still be in darkness if he hadn't called you. You'd still be in a mess if he hadn't called you. You wouldn't be here this morning, but he called you. Tell your neighbor, say, he called me. Y'all, I, I got I'm trying to teach this thing, but I just, I feel that old, I feel that. So, he saw her, he called her, and then he did something really scandalous. He touched her. Oh, praise the living lamb. Has he done that for you? Has he, has he touched anybody's life? Has he touched you and straightened some things out in your life? And the Bible says that he saw her, he called her, he touched her, and then he said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Isn't that amazing that he didn't say you're healed, he said you're loosed. Somebody in this room needs to understand that God is going to absolutely put his hands in your situation. The Bible says that he touched her. It doesn't matter how bent someone or something is, just let Jesus get his hands on them. Uh, let Jesus get his hands on that issue and watch, watch it all straighten out. I've come to tell you that God is about to put his hands on that child. The Lord can put his hands on that marriage. The Lord can put his hands on that past. When the best counselors can't handle it, when the, adverse, when the advisors can't handle it, when physicians and religious leaders can't straighten it out, just give it to Jesus. Let him get his hands on it. Let Jesus touch it. When Jesus touched that woman, she got straightened out. He said, you're loosed. Now, I love that. Because, precious, he didn't just say you're healed. 
He said, you're loosed. Now, as someone who loves to study the word, this was thrilling to me. Because the word loosed is the Greek word apaluo. And apaluo is a very layered word. Number one, it means to set free. It means to let loose. To set free and to let loose. And to release as a prisoner and acquit the accused of any crime. I'm going to let that settle. I said to acquit the accused of any crime. See, here's the reality. I was wondering, has God set anybody free in this room today? New Smyrna, has he set you free? Okay, here's the truth. God will not only set you free when he straightens you out because it means to acquit the accused of any crime. He will set you free, but he will also clean up your record. Come on now. I said he will clean up your record. I said he will clean up your record. Some of y'all say, well, I'm an ex-drug addict. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an ex-convict. I'm an ex-this. I'm an ex-that. You ain't an ex-anything. You are a brand new creature in Christ, and old things have passed away, and your record has been a sponge. You've been forgiven. You've been redeemed. You've been set free. I'm not who I was. I don't care what I used to carry. That you don't, that I'm a new man. You can't hold that against me anymore. Uh, somebody give him praise if he set you free. Yeah. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, this is how free folk act. Come on. If you're free, open up your mouth and give God a praise. Now, okay. It also means to release a debtor and not to claim, not to press one's claim against him. To remit all debt. That means even though our past should have left us with a debt of sin, Jesus not only releases us from the debt, he paid the debt. So that means that the enemy can't repossess anything that God has given you. He cannot repossess eternal life. He cannot repossess your joy. He cannot repossess your healing. And when he tries, that's when you need to rise up and say, devil, you are a liar. Everything has been provided and I'm not a debtor anymore. All right. It also means to let go and detain no longer. Oh, my, my, my. To let go and detain no longer. I better say that one more time because I don't know if you're getting it. It means to let go and detain no longer. 
Somebody has been in a season of park where you felt frustrated. Somebody's about to break out of that season. You're about to break out of that season of worry and limitation. What has detained you and frustrated you in the last season, what has slowed you down in the last season, you're about to get loose from it in this season. What has kept you frustrated in the last season, what has kept you worried and what has kept you full of anxiety in the last season, God said, I'm about to break it off of you. I'm about to break it up. I'm about to break. I'm about to break it off of you. And what has bound you is about to be released, and you are about to make progress. I dare you to tell everybody in your neighborhood the wait is over. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's some things you wrestled with in February that you ain't gonna wrestle with by the end of March. There are some things you fought in 2021, you ain't gonna fight it in 2022. There are some battles that you had in the last season, you ain't gonna have them in the next season because God is about to move in and he's about to break you out of complacency. He's about to push you to another, I don't know who I'm preaching to, who's ready to see a son or a daughter or a financial situation. Somebody's getting this today. Have you, have you ever been there? Have you ever been there where you said, Lord, it's like I can't make progress. It's like I'm trying, but I, I can't make progress in my relationships. I can't, I can't make progress in my ministry. I, I can't make progress with that breakthrough. But the Lord said he's about to loose you in this season. And what has delayed you in the past ain't going to delay you anymore. Let me tell you something, delay is not denial. Delay is often preparation. I dare somebody who's about to bust a move to give God praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Tell everybody in your neighborhood the delay is over. Yeah, yeah, in 90 days look for that daughter to get delivered. In 90 days, Lord, I feel this in my spirit. Look for that child to get saved. In 90 days, look for seasons to shift. In 90 days, I feel a 90-day miracle in my spirit. I feel a 90-day prayer. I don't know. Y'all know I never do this, so you better take it. I feel this in deep down in my apostolic heart. There's God that's about to do a thing. God's about to unlock some stuff. God's about to shift some things. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Say you just sit there if you want to. But I need a minute to give my God a praise. There's a shifting coming. There's a shifting coming. Hallelujah, I feel it, 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 I feel it. I said, I feel it, 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 I feel it. I said, I feel it, 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 I feel it. Hallelujah. Let me go just a little bit deeper. Hallelujah. I make a little noise if you're ready for a shift. But then you trace that word, and that word means to divorce and send away from the house. Tell your neighbor, it's not just leaving me. Tell them, say, it's not just leaving me. 
It's leaving my whole house. It's leaving my family. It's leaving my children. It's leaving my wife. It's leaving my husband. It's leaving my son. You're the whole house. I dare somebody who's ready to see the whole house. Tell everybody in your neighborhood the whole house. Everybody in it. And not one child is going to be left behind. Not one issue the devil's going to win. The whole house is getting free. This is why Calvary is a generational church. This is why we built the kids center. This is why we're building a brand new youth center. Because I'm serving hell notice. Devil, you can't have anybody in the house. The whole house is getting free. Give God a shout. Yeah, I feel it. I said, I feel it. Jackie, I feel it. I said, I feel it. I feel it in this room. God's about to straighten some people out. God's about to straighten some daughters out. God's about to straighten out a son. God's about to straighten out a generation. Somebody give God a praise. I said, give God a praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Listen, I've done this before, but I hadn't done it in years. In the Bible, there are seven steps of praise. One of the steps of praise is Taudah. Because the Bible says that he laid his hands on her. And she immediately straightened up. And then the Bible said in the 13th verse that she glorified God. Now, I want you to, I want you to understand there are seven steps of praise. One of the steps is Todah. Todah means to praise God on credit. It means to praise God like you got it even before you get it. Come up here, Dawn. My question is, how would you act if you've been in a financial crunch and you got home and every one of your bills were paid? And there was money in the account that you didn't even know. Would you say, well, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How would you act if you've been needing transportation? Your car's been unreliable and you got home today and there was a car, a brand new reliable car sitting in your driveway. How would you act? Well, how would you Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How would you act if you've been renting and you lost your house in a bad economy, but God turned everything around and gave you a brand new house, and when you got home, there was a, there was a note on the door that said, drive over here, here's your house. God's putting you in it and giving you the resources to cover it. Would you just stand there? How would you act if God knew for you? How would you act? Would you just stand there and be religious? 
How would you act if on the way to the car your phone started vibrating? Your phone started vibrating and you pulled it out. And every one of your lost children and family members had gotten saved and sanctified and baptized in the Holy Ghost. You would just stand there bent over, but you would straighten up and say, let me give God a praise. Let me give God a shout. Let me praise the Lord. I dare somebody right now, just go ahead and give God a praise. If you want to dance, dance like this. Come on and give God a praise. You know what? Somebody's about to get in the aisle right now and I ain't scared. One, two, three, four, crazy. When I think about Jesus, what he's done for me. When I think about Jesus, how he set me free, I'm gonna dance, 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 dance all night. When I think about Jesus, what he's done for me. When I think about Jesus, how he set me free, I'm gonna dance, 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 dance all night. Dance, 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 dance all night. When I think about Jesus, what he's done for me. When I think about Jesus, how he set me free, I'm gonna jump, 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 jump all night.
Somebody's hollering over there. Okay, don't don't let her holler by herself. Somebody shouting to God with a voice of prayer. I'm not scared. I said, 
God is moving. I'm scared when it's not. Say, well, Pastor Riley, aren't, aren't you afraid? Aren't you afraid? It's gonna get out of control. Aren't you afraid of wildfire? Let me tell you something. I'd rather tone down a fanatic than resurrect a corpse. Can I get a witness? Who am I talking to? Listen, everybody listen closely. Listen now. What has detained you in this last season, you are loose from it in the next season. Come on, you, you've been detained. I said, you've been detained. But here's what, here's, here's, here's what the word loose means. It means to get loose, but then to loose yourself. How many people have actually been loose that they're still been over? You are not going to be bent over in your soul one more day. Not one more day. Listen, Pastor, my past, my past has got me bent over. Did you not hear what I said? You've been acquitted of all debt. In SB, he paid your debt. You say, well, Pastor Rayleigh, you don't know the hell I've been involved in and dealing with with my own family. But here's the good news. This freedom is not just going to straighten you out. It's going to straighten out the whole house. Hallelujah. Somebody give God praise that the whole house is getting straight. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.